Leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Welcome to Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath, where experienced leaders share their own brand of leadership to help you develop and improve your own leadership capabilities. And now, here's your host, Dr. Gary. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Welcome again to Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility, not a position. So today's guest is the winner of the 2015 Best of Manhattan Coaching Award and creator of the 2014 Stevie Award-winning virtual event, A Course in Business Miracles, a 21-day discovery series attracting nearly 6,000 registrants worldwide. She's been on Lifetime Television, contributed to book publications, and most notably, Stepping Stones to Success with Deepak Chopra and other authors. And, and I mention that because I'm a Chopra certified meditation instructor myself. So that's kind of near and dear to my heart. She has taught thousands of highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders how to release limiting beliefs, overcome fears, and develop new leadership skills in order to make more impact by doing things differently. I want to break here just for a second because, you know, Staterius is committed to making good bosses into great leaders. And we do this by trying to make the complex journey of leadership development simple and straightforward and applying the seven steps of intentional leadership. And step one of the seven steps is purpose. And as I did my research and I went to our guest's website, she has her life's purpose in big, bold letters on her website. And it's simply to teach. She goes on to say that as a child, I turned my bedroom into a classroom, held life classes under the schoolyard oak tree during recess, and worked as a traditional high school drama and English teacher from 1997 to 2003. One of her innate teaching abilities is to distill complicated information into bite-sized, doable, tangible, transformational steps. I like to think like the seven steps. I've been doing this for years, she says, whether teaching inner city children how to successfully perform Shakespeare or today teaching highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders how to claim their worth and increase their income. We're going to talk about her life's work of teaching highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders today. Please welcome Heather Dominic. Hi, Heather. Hi, Dr. Gary. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. And thank you for the opportunity for our conversation today. I'm so looking forward to it. Well, I want to I jump right into it. Normally, I spend a lot of time with our guests talking about their background and their experiences and all this stuff. But I, I, I got to jump to this because I want to understand what you mean by highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders, because that's at the core of everything you do. What do you mean by that? Absolutely. So I think first, it's probably really helpful to look at the phrase highly sensitive and to emphasize that that phrase is not created or coined by me, but that phrase comes out of psychological and biological research that began primarily in the mid-1990s. There's one woman who is most known for 
the research in regards to the highly sensitive person because she wrote the book, The Highly Sensitive Person, and her name is Dr. Elaine Aaron. Yet she's far from the only researcher in this area. What it means to be highly sensitive, according to the research, is that there are 20% of us who are born into the world with a nervous system that is wired differently. And that different wiring means that our nervous system takes in stimulation at a much higher degree than someone who is not highly sensitive. When it comes to stimulation, you can think of the five senses, sight, smell, sound, touch, etc., and also beyond those five senses, such as the intake of information, the intake of energy, the intake of emotions, and the research in regards to what it means to be highly sensitive tracks the impact of that higher level of stimulation intake. So that's what it means to be highly sensitive. Where my work comes in is for people who are highly sensitive, who feel called to be self-employed. So probably just hearing what it means to be highly sensitive, you can start to put one and one together as you're listening and think, oh, wow, how would a person who takes in stimulation at a much higher degree go about the challenging endeavor of what it means to be self-employed or an entrepreneur? And again, that's where my work comes in, including what it means to then also be able to be a highly sensitive person who leads leads themselves, leads within all of their relationship, leads within their business and all of their work, including their life purpose, as you've so beautifully touched on already, and what's needed in order to be able to do that. So as I'm listening to you talk about this with entrepreneurs specifically, if, if, if I'm highly sensitive in the five senses, and maybe I'm highly sensitive in two or three of the senses. I've got a friend that works with me, uh, Larry. He's one of my statarians. That's what we call us that work for statarius or my statarians. And he's highly sensitive audio. And when he's around loud noises or a lot of people or something, it can, it can really throw him off his energy. You know, sometimes it can, um, he just has to walk away from it. Sometimes it doesn't bother him, but it, it, it will prevent him sometimes from watching. And I, I, I have to admit, I took your quiz online to find out that I'm somewhat sensitive, you know, somewhat highly sensitive. And, and I'm understanding now that it's a lot more than just sensitivity from the senses, but it's also how we perceive those inputs of information, energy, and emotion that cause us to respond, react, or perceive things in a certain way. For an entrepreneur, I'm trying to get to my point here. You know? so for an entrepreneur, it means because they're more highly set, they may see or hear or perceive things differently than somebody else that could say, oh, there's an opportunity to start a business. It, it might be a, a, a flavor from a chef. It might be some kind of a, a technological upgrade that somebody sees on a computer because their senses and perception of something is different than somebody else. Is that what we're talking about here? I mean, am I on the right track? Absolutely on the right track. I think that's so beautifully said. And what it brings to mind for me is in my work, I've identified what I refer to as 
the top 12 highly sensitive shadows and the top 12 highly sensitive strengths. And what I really hear you zeroing in on is one of those top 12 strengths, which is creativity. So when you learn, when you're trained as a highly sensitive to really have your highly sensitive nervous system work for you, you are then able to hone those strengths and through the use of those strengths, put those to work in service of what it means to be self-employed. And self-employment is absolutely a creative endeavor for sure, if that's the direction or the approach that you take, and that is an approach that works very well for someone who's highly sensitive, who desires to be self-employed. Yeah, so as I'm listening to you talk, there's two words that came to mind as we talk about the sensitivity. One is that it would cause avoidance, and the other one would cause attraction. Beautifully said. So I'm going to move, I'm going to move towards something or away from something, attract or avoid. And what that causes us to do is uh, in those things that are painful is is to stay away from it. You know, if I'm highly sensitive to stay away from it. But the, the thing that's interesting to me is you talk about strengths and shadows is the shadows often might be blind spots as well for us, right? Absolutely. So in my work, which I have now personally been self-employed for almost 20 years, I have been aware of my own sensitivity for over a decade and mentoring other highly sensitives who feel called into entrepreneurialism and into leadership for about a decade now. And through that work, I've really come to primarily Uh, understand that a highly sensitive person must go through a retraining process. And that retraining process is literally the process of learning how to work with your nervous system proactively. When we are untrained, when we haven't learned how to work with our nervous system, then we are operating just naturally, primarily from those shadows. And I heard you speak to one of the primary shadows. You use the word avoidance in the top 12 shadows. I refer to that as the shadow of overprotection. So when, again, a highly sensitive person is untrained, they most likely will set up as much as they possibly can in their life to try to protect themselves from becoming overwhelmed and or overstimulated. One of the things that Dr. Aaron says in her work is that highly sensitives will tend to not only try to avoid being overwhelmed, but highly sensitives will try to avoid even the possibility Mm. of being overwhelmed. Mm. And that's that overprotection. But you can shift and change that shadow behavior into behavior that's driven by your strengths. Yeah. So one of the, again, what, one of the things that we work on in leadership is, is awareness. So another, we've got avoidance and we've got uh, attraction. Now we've got awareness, right? Yes. And the awareness that you're talking about, I think with, with training and development is to help people understand when they're getting to that point of overwhelmingness so that they can recognize it without over protecting themselves and maybe losing opportunities in their life because they're trying to protect their their energy their emotions and their their perception of the world would that be a fair 
thing to say? Is that what you Absolutely. do? Absolutely. Yes, exactly. And I love that you use the word awareness because in my work, I refer to that as the first step of transformation. Mm. And the highly sensitive leadership training programs are a transformative process. You must first have that experience of awareness to then be able to go to the second step, which is understanding, to then be able to go to the third step, which is knowing. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, we've got three steps, awareness, understanding, and knowing. Hopefully we can get four more. So we have seven steps. So <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> as, I, as I think about this concept that we have, we got this, this theoretical concept. Let's get personal. Please. Every entrepreneur that I've ever known that takes a path like this does it because you learned that you're highly sensitive and how to deal with that, how to, how to manage it, how to learn and become aware and understand and know so that you can live a more fulfilled, more successful, more accomplished life. Yes. So you, did you just pick up one of the doctor's papers one day and go, oh, this is me? Or were you in distress and struggle and said, I've got to figure this thing out? Absolutely in distress. Mm. So much to the point that I really look back at that time period and absolutely identify it as a dark night of the soul. Mm. So I had been self-employed for about, um, I think about six years and I had created significant financial success in my business for the first time. I had brought my business across the seven figure mark. And I want to say that that was an amazing experience and it was totally celebratory and balloons fell from the sky and fairies started doing my dishes, but none of that happened at all. It was actually the exact opposite where I found myself extremely overwhelmed, absolutely overworked. I was over exhausted and I was really, really questioning what I was doing and how in the world I was going to be able to keep doing it. And that if this is what it meant to be a successful person who was self-employed, then I wasn't sure that this was really for me. And if this wasn't for me, then what in the world was I going to do? Because mm -hmm. I knew that I wasn't meant to go back to the traditional classroom. So I really went into a deep place of self-inquiry. And in that process of self-inquiry, I was led to Dr. Elaine Aaron. And through connection with Dr. Aaron and her work, I understood that, oh my gosh, not only am I highly sensitive, which I had never heard those words before, and including when I first heard them, I did not like the sound of them at all, mm -hmm. um, but learned that not only was I highly sensitive, but I was what I now refer to in, in the quiz that you mentioned earlier, I am super uber highly sensitive. Mm -hmm. And that was really the beginning. It was a wake up. And I started to realize that if I was going to continue this journey of self-employment, I was going to need to learn how to do things differently than I had been taught to do them up until that point. So let me, let's go back. And, and this is often when we find, you know, those shadow parts of us, that the dark places that we don't want to go see. Right. Yes. And, and we say, okay, I'm, I'm, uh, uber, as you said, uber sensitive, which is a higher level than highly sensitive, right? 
<laughs> it's like right on the on the verge of being crazy almost just very <laughs> right there right okay and i don't mean to say that for you but but that highly sensitive in the beginning resistance yes denial yes. Uh, uh, i'm i'm going to guess that at times in your life, people told you that you're just, you're overly sensitive, Heather, just suck it up, get, you know, be, be tough. You got to be tougher. Right. Yes. And, and, and you wanted to be that tough entrepreneur. You wanted to be that successful entrepreneur, but that's not who you were. Mm. Well, what I would say is going about it the way that I now refer to as the other 80% because there's 20% of us who are highly sensitive. So going about it in the way of the other 80% was absolutely not who I was. Mm. And of course, because we bring ourselves everywhere we go, my self-employment journey when I first started out mimicked other experiences in my life, which I have now come to identify as what I refer to as the highly sensitive coping mechanisms. I've identified three. There's the coping mechanism of pushing, there's the coping mechanism of hiding, and there's the coping mechanism of combo plattering. I'll speak just for at this moment myself in connection to this story and this time in my life, which is that I am absolutely a recovering pusher. Aren't a lot of entrepreneurs, (laughs) I mean, just keep pushing through it, right? Well, yes, but the thing is, is that for those who are not highly sensitive, there's a real sense of fulfillment from that pushing. There's a real sense of motivation. There's a real sense of adrenaline, a real sense of satisfaction, and again, fulfillment. For me, it brought me to the point where I was practically a puddle on the floor, a puddle of that overwhelm, that overexhaustion, that overwork. So this is where, again, I could look back on my life and I could see that I defaulted to that coping mechanism as a way to try to manage my anxiety of what it meant to be highly sensitive. Though, again, I didn't know that that's what was happening at the time. So instead of it fueling me as an entrepreneur, it literally brought me to the brink of difficulty. And for the majority of highly sensitives who tend towards that coping mechanism of pushing, if that coping mechanism is not rechanneled into a healthier behavior, it tends to result in typically major physical issues, health issues, and or major relationship issues. And physical issues was definitely part of my experience of years and years of, of pushing to the detriment of my own well-being. Well, I, and, and let me add also the, the mental strain. I mean, the stress, the physical, mental, and relationship, it all is all combined, yes. right? Yes. And, and as I think about, uh, heck, there's books out there about the, the power of pushing. You know, I guess I could write a book on that, but somebody else already has. Angela Duckworth wrote the book Grit. Yes. You know, The Power yes. of Passion and Perseverance. Yes. And it's a great book for a lot of people. But yeah. what I'm hearing you say is a coping strategy for some people pushing through can cause you without reflection and understanding the type of life you need to live, it can actually cause you to destroy yourself. Yes. 
Yes. And I really appreciate that you mentioned Angela's book. I love that book. And I've actually used that book in my own teachings, but used it (laughs) differently than probably how she's intended it, Mm -hmm. which is to redefine grit in how it connects to being a highly sensitive entrepreneur. And that's Mm -hmm. just one example of, again, so many aspects of the highly sensitive leadership training programs is that the majority of teaching and training that's out there in terms of what it means to be self-employed is designed for the other 80%, such as Angela's book, which doesn't mean that we can't, as highly sensitives, receive value from these great works, but there does have to be a translation, if you will, into how does this apply for me as a person whose nervous system is wired differently, and I am of the 20% versus the 80% that this book, this podcast, this certification, et cetera, was created for. Yeah, so let me let me take a guess here, and and just I'm just kind of uh, intuitively going off my brain here about this idea of perseverance for a highly sensitive person. Yes. To me, perseverance could be redefined as making sure that you're doing the things that understands through awareness what triggers you might have that could cause you challenges, yes. and and work through that in a way that works for you. And sometimes you use those coping mechanisms of stepping away walking away, avoiding that, coming back to it later, understanding, taking it in bits and pieces rather than all at once. So there's different processes and approaches for different people to define this idea of grit and perseverance. Yes, absolutely. So, so eloquently said. And so in the way that I use Angela's work is I put it in a teaching frame of grace and grit Mm. and being able to have that pairing to support that process that you just beautifully laid out. I love that grace and grit. That's, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's great stuff. So this course in business miracles, yes. is this based on your research and work that you do now with highly sensitive people? Yes, absolutely. So that's really a dovetail, if you will. So it absolutely references a course in miracles, which is a psychological and spiritual curriculum and a psychological and spiritual curriculum that I actually turned to because it was given to me by my father um, at the age of 14 when my mother Un, uh, unexpectedly died because of a bicycle accident. Mm. So um, clearly, understandably, a life-defining moment for a young woman um, and has absolutely been a long and continuous healing journey. And A Course in Miracles is a source that I've turned to multiple times over the years for guidance, support, insight. And according to the course, the definition of a miracle is a shift in perception. So when I was in that dark night of the soul and learning that I was highly sensitive, where the two converged and where the light bulb went off for me is I thought to myself, oh my gosh, this is what's needed in order for me to be successful as a person who's highly sensitive. I need a shift in perception. 
I need a miracle. I need to be willing to look at myself differently and not define myself as a person who is weak or less than because I'm highly sensitive. I need to be willing to look at business differently and be willing to go about it completely different than anyone who's not highly sensitive and what it actually even means to be in business or what it means to be a person who's self-employed. And then I need to be willing to look at the day-to-days of doing business differently, whether that be selling or marketing or operations. And that really was the beginning of what it means to engage in business miracles and how that connects to being a highly sensitive entrepreneur and leader. Yeah. So did you take that course with Marianne Williamson? Oh, I've done a lot of study with Marianne Williamson yeah. for a very, very long time, including way back when, when there was like about 20 of us in the room. So wow. yeah. Yeah. About 12 years ago, I was working on my uh, meditation certification with Deepak and they're close friends. And yes. he was one of the guest speakers and uh, oh my God, you just so much to learn, so much to learn from yeah, her. I was awesome. very fortunate to attend an event at Deepak's Manhattan apartment with Marianne. So that was just one Lucky of, for you. Know, a highlight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terrific. So what are you, what are you primarily for? What are the ahas today? You've been doing this for a while and, and you're, we're, we're lifelong learners, right? For sure. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. what, what, what would you tell entrepreneurs today? If there's a couple of things that you could tell entrepreneurs today to help them based on this information, based on your journey, based on them taking your quiz on your website, you know, what would you, yes. you know, what would you suggest to them? Well, I would say most recently, because of the exceptionality of the times that we are living in, it's become so clear to me, though, this is something that I was always deeply aware of throughout the the last plus decade, but definitely over the last couple of years, is how much highly sensitive entrepreneurs and leaders are needed in our world right now. We are very much on a massive precipice of change. I think we can all agree to that no matter where we live in the world right now. You can look at your local paper and we see that there is an impact of of change and the ways that is it is affecting us as a global society. The ways of leadership of the past, I like to refer to it as last century leadership, has gotten us this far, and it is now time for a different approach. And this is where highly sensitives really truly, in my opinion, do have a role to play that we are meant to bring a different aspect of what it means to run a successful business. We are meant to bring a different aspect in regards to what it means to be a successful leader. And for those of us who are on the front lines right now as highly sensitive, we are the pioneers, but it is my hope, it is absolutely my intent to play my part to contribute to the shift and the change that the world is very clearly needing and also, in my opinion, asking for right now. And I believe that that transformation is happening. I believe so too. And I also uh, really sense there's some people who are 
very resistant to it. <laughs> well, change is, is hard. Yes. I mean, change is scary. You know, when, when you found out this label of highly sensitive on yourself and you denied and you resisted and, you know, that, that perspective, that self-perspective is uh, often the hardest thing for us to accept. And it's the same emotional response to change. Yes. Because if you accept yourself as highly sensitive, then you have to, you're going to see yourself differently. And therefore, just by that awareness, you will change. Yes, that's right. That's right. When we go through our three and a half day boot camp with our leadership program, I tell people in the, the first day, said, you know, if you're not ready to understand and become more aware and really become a different person in some ways, then you better leave now. Yes. Because in three and a half days, you will see things differently. You will perceive things differently and therefore you will be different. That's right. That's right. right. And, I, and I think that uh, you said that as you were talking about A Course in Miracles, how it's, it's a change in how we see things. That's right. right. Exactly. That. So, yes. That's the miracle. That's the miracle. Um, I think the miracle, the miracle phrase, I, you know, I always look for some something in what you say to grab people's attention for, for the title for our podcast before we finish up today. And, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of torn here between grace and grit. Okay. Uh, from shadows to strength or fairies doing dishes. I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not sure which, which title I'm going to use Heather, but. Uh, oh, they're all good. I so appreciate you capturing <laughs> each of those. <laughs> so I'm going to finish up today with what I always finish up with. And that is to ask Heather to share with us, if you could write yourself a letter and send it back to yourself 20 or 25 years ago, what would you tell that previously unknown, highly sensitive entrepreneur? What would you tell her today? What would you write back to her and say, dear Heather? Mm -hmm. Yes. Dear Heather, it's all going to work out. Trust your intuition. Mm. Love you. See you soon. Yeah. See the real you soon, huh? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Trust your intuition. That's great because it so often we, we don't. We're listening to the voices of others and, and authoritative voices that know a lot and, and yes. tell us, do this, do that, go here, go there. And uh, that's one of the things that I really give Deepak a lot of credit with my spiritual journey, helping me and uh, Eckhart Tolle and, and others that helped me go inside and recognize that uh, I need to be me. Mm, yes. So you know. beautifully said, and those are very, very good teachers for that lesson. So Heather, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate you spending your time with us today. And are there any final comments you'd like to make on those that are trying to take this responsibility of leadership? And I talk about responsibility. Leadership is a responsibility, not a position. Mm -hmm. I don't talk about leaders so much but leadership. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I would leave with just saying, I'm, I'm so grateful that you're doing the work that you are doing. As you know, I mentioned earlier, I do really see that there, there, there is a cry right now for change in leadership and uh, specifically someone such as yourself with your background and the personal work that you've done. Uh, I think it's just so, so inspiring and so needed uh, because it really shows the, the power of what I like to refer to as both and 
right? Where you can be a person who has, you know, deep respect for something like their military experience and have a willingness to expand beyond that for the betterment of all. So I guess then it would be where are we each meant to be creating our own both and. I I love that because I, I think sometimes I'm misunderstood in my journey. I have some people say, well, you seem so old school. I'm like, if I can meet you where you are, which might be old school, and then help you understand that our definition of leadership has nothing to do with influence. It has to do with building relationships. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. The old school is influencing. New school is building relationships and collaborating and taking the strengths of everybody on the team into a goal, a, a direction together. And um, I always I always love to uh, share little little film clips with people. And there's a there's a film clip in the sole survivor of uh, the Navy SEALs and the, the beginning of the movie, they're having an argument about whether to let somebody go or have to kill them. They're, they're behind enemy lines and they might get killed if they let the person go. So they're arguing about it. Mm-hmm. I always tell people, who's the leader at that moment? If you watch the scene, you cannot tell who's leading that organization. They're arguing about it. Yes. And then finally, the person that has to make the decision does make the decision because you can't always do things on consensus under crisis. Right. right? right. But the, the, the idea here is everybody had a voice. Everybody had the opportunity to speak up. And that's the purpose of this podcast is to help people have a voice. And I really appreciate you sharing with us today this idea of shadows and strengths. And it's normal Okay, having these false limiting beliefs and these these shadows, it's normal. Yes. If you can't figure it out yourself, seek help. And if you really need some help, you need to talk to Heather Dominic. Take the quiz and make a difference. Thanks, Heather. Appreciate you being a guest today. Thank you so much. I'm Dr. Gary, making good bosses into great leaders with compassionate accountability. Thanks again for listening to Leading from the Front, where leadership is a responsibility not a position. Take care, be well, and be great. Thanks for being with us on Leading from the Front with Dr. Gary McGrath. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about the work Dr. Gary is doing, visit statarius.com, S-T-A-T-A-R-I-U-S, Music for Leading from the Front is provided by Peter Katz. For more of his music, visit petercats.com.